It's the big one. The Sky Half Price Sale is here. Choose from award-winning Sky TV and everything on Netflix or unmissable sports with every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports all half price. Take Sky Cinema and watch the biggest blockbusters or grab Sky Broadband Ultrafast for lightning fast speeds. Choose one that suits you. They're all half price for six months. Save big in the Sky Half Price Sale. Search Sky Half Price. Availability subject to location, TV and broadband products sold separately. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speed. Setup fees, min terms and further terms apply. Offer ends 2nd of September. What is your identity? Is it your name? Is it the colour of your skin? Is it where you live? Or is it where you are from? And how do you decide where you are from? Do you decide or do others decide for you? It's the life of a man named Jack which answers these questions for us. This is his story. In Antigua, in 1736, there lived a man known as Jack. Jack was a slave on the Caribbean island who was of African descent. He had been taken from his home in 1720 and placed on a slave ship which crossed the Atlantic to the Caribbean. Here, he was placed on a sugarcane farm. Before the arrival of the Spanish to the Caribbean in the early 17th century, the European supply of sugar had been limited. Most of it had come from India, and the supply of it was controlled by the British Empire. The Spanish quickly discovered that the Caribbean islands were a prime location for sugar production. As a result, the Spanish, the Danish, the Dutch and the British began creating colonies on the islands in order to gain access to a more abundant supply for their own nations, empires and colonies. The people these empires placed on the islands as a result of carefully planned plantations became some of the wealthiest in the world. This wasn't necessarily out of the crop itself, but how they collected and distributed it. Given the amount of nations competing for the trade and the new abundance of sugar, prices fell quickly. In order to make a profit, a cheap or free workforce was required. As a result, a different trade began to boom. The slave trade. Ships would leave Europe, go south to the west coast of Africa and raid the lands. These highly equipped and trained sailors would attack the villages of the Africans and bundle the people into tightly packed ships. They were a commodity that would return to London and the other capitals to be sold to agents heading for the New World. Each person was auctioned off at the great halls of the empires and sold to the highest bidder. Sometimes as individuals, sometimes in groups. You could even get a two-for-one deal for a couple if the price was right. One of the major colonies for producing sugar was Antigua. The British had colonised it and taken it for their own, riding the locals of the land through death. On the island, they developed a very sophisticated system of sugar production, which was the envy of the other plantations. They cultivated the 12-mile island and created new harbours which would dock some of the largest ships of the day. They used windmills to generate energy on the island. They also created a very advanced working rotation system 
which they placed the slaves on. Essentially, it meant that at no stage was production turned off, and should a slave collapse or die on the production line, the rest would move up one place to ensure that production never stopped. Initially, when the production line was created, indentured servants were used. These were people who would pay their way to the new world by working off the debt for 10 to 15 years after their arrival. Many of these came from Ireland, but never got their freedom as they often died on the production lines. Some were as young as three. The problem with these indentured servants, however, was that they were basically rented slaves. They had limited forms of rights, and when they reached the end of their time service, they were free. When freed, they stayed on the islands as they had nowhere else to go. Some even used their knowledge of the production system and became very wealthy themselves. With these issues in place, the plantation owners decided that slaves were a much better option for production. People with no rights, no release date, and they could be owned as property. As 12 million slaves were taken from Africa to Europe and then onto the New World, 4 million of them were transported to the Caribbean. By 1736, Antigua was the slave home of 24,400 slaves, Jack amongst them. The conditions they faced were horrific. They worked up to 20 hours a day for six days a week and would often spend the seventh day receiving beatings or torture for slacking in production. Had they had a good production week, they would spend the seventh day shackled to the wall of a shed like a shovel or axe put away for the day. As a result of the conditions, a slave resistance began to grow on the island. Whispers between the slaves began to grow and rebellions were discussed. Living in fear of a rebellion, the slave owners would often make examples of slaves and perform mass executions in front of the other slaves in order to suppress any uprisings. Some rebellions did occur, and all those who took part were horrifically executed. Then, in 1736, a new rising began to gain momentum. The year before, an earthquake had slowed down production greatly, and the owners began to lose massive amounts of money. Whilst the rebuild took place, the focus of the owners looked towards building rather than the activities of the slaves. So much so, that on occasion they had forgotten to feed the slaves, and some died of starvation. That's the official line. The cost of feeding them when profits weren't flowing may also have been a contributing factor. As the focus was away from them, a slaved man known as Class formed a plan to overthrow the slavers and free the slaves of the island. The plan allegedly involved slaves on a number of large plantations and was built around an audacious effort to destroy the island's planters in a single spectacular explosion. Taking advantage of a large ball due to be held in St John's in October 1736, celebrating the coronation of George II, the slaves planned to smuggle a 10-gallon barrel of gunpowder into the building and blow it up. 
The detonation was to be the signal for slaves on the surrounding plantations to rise, murder their masters and march on the capital from four directions. A general massacre would follow and Prince Class would himself be enthroned as leader of a new black kingdom on the island. The slavers began making inquiries about the uprising and tortured many of the male slaves who they believed to be leading the rising. Class, a Ghanaian slave, was identified as the leader by young Creole children, slaves born on the island, who had their confessions taken through torture. When these children identified the leaders, they were all taken to be executed. Each was made an example of to stop further rebellions from being planned. Class's execution was one of the first. He was tied to a cartwheel in a modern form of crucifixion. He was spread out and whipped on it until his skin was more torn than together. He was then spun on the wheel until such time that he became so disorientated he could no longer see. He was then placed face down on the ground with the wheel still tied to his back as his owners jumped on it until all his bones broke. He was then left hanging on the wheel in the town centre until he died, as a mark of power. The others identified in the plan were also executed. Some were hung by their feet from iron beams across the island until they died, and then left there until they rotted. Some were set on fire at the entrances to the plantation farms as a warning. Some were hung and quartered by horses pulling their limbs from their bodies. Others were placed in a humid pyramid type of position, and the bottom group were set on fire only for the top to fall in, as their friends perished and the flames rose. In total, 77 slaves were executed. 78, however, were identified as being part of the plot. One was kept alive, Jack. It was very strange as Jack was identified as the right-hand man of class. He had however been tortured with fire, had had bones broken and was occasionally hung until he passed out. Four months after the execution of his friends, a letter was sent from Antigua to London asking the Crown's advisers, what do we do about Maluto Jack? Maluto, meaning mixed race in Spanish. According to the letter, Jack was brought before us as a criminal slave concerned in the plot, but he had alleged that he was born free in Ireland and stolen thence and sold here as a slave. We think he has proved his allegation and we submitted to the legislator whether this mitigates his crime. Jack was fluent in Irish and had very limited English, apart from a slave version of the language. He stated he was taken to the islands in 1720 and had lived there as a slave for 16 years. He was able to name parts of Galway, sing Irish songs and could describe the hills of Crowpatrick and the Aran Islands. 
he explained to the slavers that he'd been sold by an Ulster Scots family who had taken him from his home in Galway and sold him in London. Scale Fadigar While the slave trade was taking place in Europe and Africa, Ireland had become a total nuisance in the sight of the slavers. As the Irish were taken as indentured servants by Cromwell and others to the Americas, letters came home from those who had got their freedom, explaining that Africans are the same as the Irish. They are an oppressed enslaved people and are deserving of protection from the Irish where they can provide it, as they have done for the Irish in the Caribbean. The Irish at home had never seen an African person, but understood that should they come across one, they should recognise them as an ally of the Irish. As a result, having learned of the slaving ships, groups of Irish pirates from Galway, Cork and Limerick would set out to intercept the ships, leaving from London with slaves heading for the Americas. They would attack the ships and take the African people back to Ireland to live their lives as free people. It is estimated that in the early 18th century, 3,000 of these people lived in Ireland, mainly around Galway, Cork and Limerick. At the same time, the Ulster Scots in what is today Northern Ireland were trying to get into the slave trade and to become part of the planters in the New World. They saw it as their right to be involved, as the same methods were used by their ancestors to take Ulster from the Irish. They saw themselves as best placed to be the next great British planters. In order to save money, however, and to not have to go to Africa to steal people, Many of them decided to raid the homes of freed slaves in Ireland and sell them on in London. Jack's father was from Africa, his mother from Galway, and he had lived there until he was kidnapped. Seeing that his execution, or the story getting out, would look bad for the British, they ordered that he be released after four months in prison and be immediately returned to Ireland. There are records of Jack being placed in a ship and leaving towards Europe. The ship itself arrived in London. Jack, however, didn't. He totally vanished from history after this point, and it is more than likely he had been thrown overboard the second they left the harbour, due to the inconvenience that he had caused. This week's music was written, produced and performed by myself, Ryan O'Halloran. If you want help to support the podcast, you can buy us a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash We The Irish. We The Irish is an Ireland Loves production. Ryan is Anam Dunn. Govrmahagud. Shlán Anish.